Chapter 11 of The Tribulations of a Chinaman in China. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeannie Whitfield. The Tribulations of a Chinaman in China by Jules Verne. Translated by Virginia Champlin. Chapter 11. In which Kin Fu becomes the most celebrated man in the Central Empire. Still, Wang could not be found, and Kin Fu began to fume at being forced to inactivity, and at being unable to at least hasten in pursuit of the philosopher. But how could he have done this, since Wang had disappeared without a clue? This complication did not fail to disturb the principal agent of the centenary. After thinking at first that it was not a serious matter, because Wang would not fulfill his promise, for even in eccentric America such mad projects would not be executed, he began to believe that nothing was impossible in the strange country called the Celestial Empire, and soon concluded with Kin Fo that if they could not find the philosopher, the latter would keep his word. His disappearance indicated on his part the intention of performing the fatal deed when his pupil least expected it, and to let it come upon him then like a thunderbolt, and to strike him to his heart with a sure, swift hand. Then, after placing the letter on the victim's body, he would come and quietly present himself at the office of the centenary to claim his part of the policy. Wang, therefore, must be notified, but this could not be done directly. The Honorable William J. Bidolph was led to employ indirect means through the press. In a few days, notices were sent to the Chinese newspapers and telegrams to the foreign papers in both worlds. The Qing Pao, the official paper in Peking, those in Chinese at Shanghai and Hong Kong, the journals of the most extensive circulation in Europe and the two Americas, reproduced to satiety the following notice. Mr. Wang of Shanghai is begged to consider that the agreements made between Kin Fu and himself, dated the 2nd of May last, is cancelled. The said Mr. Kin Fu, having now only one desire, that of dying a centenarian, after this strange advertisement, the following appeared, which was much more practical and effective. Two thousand dollars, or thirteen hundred towels, to whoever will make known to William J. Biddulph, principal agent of the centenary at Shanghai, the present residence of Mr. Wang of said city. There was nothing to make one suppose that the philosopher had been running round the world during the interval of fifty-five days given him to fulfill his promise. He was more likely concealed in the environs of Shanghai in order to profit by every opportunity. But the Honorable William J. Biddulph did not think he could take too many precautions. Several days passed, and the situation did not change. Now it happened that these advertisements, reproduced in profusion in the form familiar to Americans, Wang, 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 on the side, and Kin Fu, Kin Fu, Kin Fu, on the other, had the final result of attracting public attention and provoking a general merriment. Everyone laughed at them, even the people in the remotest provinces of the Celestial Empire. Where is Wang? Who has seen Wang? Where does Wang live? What is Wang doing? Wang, 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 cried the Chinese children in the street. These questions were soon in everyone's mouth, and Kin Fu, this worthy celestial, whose strongest desire was to become a centenarian, who proposed to contend for longevity, 
with the celebrated elephant whose twentieth lustrum was just drawing to a close in the palace of the stables of Pekin, could not fail to be soon very much in the fashion. Well, is Sire Kin Fu getting on in years? How does he do? Is his digestion good? Shall we see him wear his yellow robe of old men? Thus the civil and military mandarins, merchants on change, and in the counting-houses, the people in the streets and squares, and the boatmen in their floating cities accosted each other with these mocking phrases. The Chinese are very gay and very caustic, and one will agree that they had now some cause for gaiety. The jokes of every kind went the rounds, and even caricatures were hung on the walls of private houses. Kin Fu, to his great dissatisfaction, had to endure the inconveniences of this singular celebrity. They went so far as to sing songs about him to the tune of Man Ching Hong, the wind which blows through the willows, and a lament appeared, which put the whole scene pleasantly, the five periods of the centenarian. What an alluring title, and what profit it made at three sepiques a copy. If Kin Fu fretted at all this noise made over his name, Mr. Bidulph, on the contrary, rejoiced, but Wang was none the less concealed from every eye. Now things went so far that the position was no longer endurable to Kin Fu. If he went out, a train of Chinese of every age and both sexes accompanied him through the streets, and along the wharfs, and even through the conceded territories, and also through the country. When he returned home, a jeering crowd of the worst kind gathered before the doors of the Yamen. Every morning he had to appear at the balcony of his room, in order to prove to his people that he had not prematurely slept in the coffin in the kiosk of long life. The newspapers published a bulletin of jokes about his health, with ironical comments, as if he belonged to the reigning dynasty of the Tsing. In short, he became perfectly ridiculous. It therefore happened that one day, the 21st of May, the greatly vexed Kin Fu went to see the Honorable William J. Bidlop and imparted to him his intention of immediately leaving the place. He had had enough of Shanghai and the Shanghai people. But this will be running greater risk, was the very true remark of the principal agent. I care little for that, replied Kin Fu. Take your precautions in consequence. But where will you go? Straight ahead. Where will you stop? Nowhere. When will you return? Never. And if I should have news of Wang? To the devil with Wang! Oh, how foolish I was to give him that absurd letter! At heart, Kin Fu felt the wildest desire to find the philosopher. The idea that his life was in another's hands began to irritate him intensely, and very soon haunted him. Wait a month longer in such a situation. He never could resign himself to it. The lamb was changing its nature. Well, leave then, said Mr. Bidup. Craig and Fry will follow you wherever you go. As you please, answered Kin Fu. But I warn you, they will have to run about some. They will run about, my dear sir. They will run about, for they are not men who would think of sparing their legs. Kin Fu returned to the yamen, and without losing a moment, made his preparations for departure. Soon, to his great annoyance, for he did not like moving from one place to another, was obliged to accompany his master. But he did not venture to make any remarks, which would certainly have cost him a good bit of his braid. 
as for fry craig like true americans they were always ready to travel even were it to the end of the world and they only asked one question where sir said craig are you going added fry to nankin first and to the devil next the same smile appeared simultaneously on craig fry's lips both were delighted to the devil nothing could please them better they only took time to bid farewell to the honorable mr Biddulph and to array themselves in the chinese costume which would cause them to attract less attention during the journey through the celestial empire an hour later craig and fry with their bags at their sides and revolvers in their belts returned to the yamen at nightfall kin fu and his companions cautiously left the port of the american concession and took passage on the steamboat which plies between shanghai and nankin this voyage is a mere excursion in less than twelve hours a steamboat profiting by the ebb tide can ascend by the blue river as far as the ancient capital of southern china during this short passage craig fry after having first scrutinized every passenger paid the most minute attentions to their precious kin fu they were acquainted with the philosopher one inhabitant of the three concessions did not know that good and kindly face and they assured themselves that he had not followed them on board having taken these precautions what constant attention they lavished on the patron of the centenary feeling of every support on which he might lean moving their feet over every bridge on which he sometimes stood in order to ascertain if they were safe drawing him away from the boiler which they did not feel quite sure of urging him not to expose himself to the fresh evening air nor to get cold in the damp night air taking care that the portholes in his cabin were hermetically closed scolding soon the neglectful valet who was never near when his master called him taking his place when necessary by serving kin fu with tea and cakes in the first period and finally sleeping at his cabin door all dressed with their belts provided with various articles for safety and ready to come to his aid if by an explosion or collision the steamboat should sink beneath the deep waters of the river but no accident occurred to put the brave and ceaseless devotion of craig fry to the test the steamboat rapidly descended the wusung sailed into the yang si kang or blue river coasted along the island song ming left behind her the fires of wusung and lang chan and ascended with the tide through the province of kiang su and on the morning of the twenty-second landed her passengers safe and sound on the wharf of the ancient imperial city thanks to the two bodyguards soon's braid had not grown shorter by the twelfth part of an inch during the voyage therefore the lazy fellow could have complained with very poor grace it was not without a motive that kin fu on leaving shanghai stopped first at nankin for he thought there might be some chance of his finding the philosopher wang perhaps might be drawn to this unfortunate city by the memories of the past since it was the principal center of the rebellion of the chang mao was it not at that time occupied and defended by that modest schoolmaster the formidable rung tio thin who became the chief of the taiping and so long held the manchurian authority in check was it not in this city that he proclaimed the new era of great peace was it not there that he poisoned himself in eighteen sixty four that he might not surrender himself alive to his enemies 
was it not from the ancient palace of the kings that his young son escaped whom the imperials were soon to behead were not his bones taken from their tomb beneath the ruins of the burned city and thrown to the vilest animals finally was it not in this province that one hundred thousand of wang's former companions were massacred in three days it was therefore possible that the philosopher feeling a kind of homesick after the change in his life had taken refuge in these places so full of personal recollections and in a few hours he could reach shanghai and when ready deal his intended blow that is why kin fu proceeded first to nankin and wished to stop at the first stage of his journey if he could meet wang there everything would be explained and he could end this absurd situation if wang did not appear he would continue his wanderings through the celestial empire till the expiration of the time when he would have nothing further to fear from his former teacher and friend kin fu accompanied by craig and fry and followed by soon proceeded to a hotel situated in one of the thinly populated localities around which three-quarters of the ancient capital extends like a desert i am travelling under the name ki nan said kin fu to his companions and i desire that my real name shall not be spoken again for any reason whatever ki said craig nan finished fry ki nan repeated soon by this one will understand that kin fu who was running away from the annoyances of his fame at shanghai did not wish to meet with them again on his journey he said nothing to cry craig of the possible presence of the philosopher at nankin these two particular agents would have used unnecessary precautions which the pecuniary value of their charge justified but which would have greatly annoyed him indeed if they had been travelling through a dangerous country with a million dollars in their pocket they could not have been more prudent after all was it not a million that the centenary had confided to their care the whole day was passed in visiting the various localities squares and streets in nankin and from the gate at the west to the gate at the east and from north to south they rapidly traversed the whole city which was now so shorn of its ancient splendor kin fu walked on quickly talking little but observing a great deal no suspicious face appeared neither on canals frequented by the masses of the people nor in the paved streets which were almost hidden under the ruins and already overrun with weeds no stranger was seen wandering through the partly demolished marble porticos and calcinated walls which marked the site of the imperial palace the theatre of the final struggle where wang no doubt resisted till the last hour no one was seen by the visitors around the yamen of the catholic missionaries whom the inhabitants of nankin tried to massacre in eighteen seventy nor in the neighbourhood of the arsenal which was newly built with the imperishable brick of the celebrated porcelain tower and whose ground was strewn with the taiping kin fu who seemed to feel no fatigue kept moving on followed by his two acolytes who did not falter and outdistancing the unfortunate soon who was but little accustomed to this kind of exercise he left by the eastern gate and ventured out into the deserted country an interminable avenue bordered by enormous animals of granite now appeared at some distance from the enclosing wall and kin fu walked through it more rapidly still 
A small temple stood at the end of it, and behind rose a tumulus as high as a hill. Under its turf reposed Ruan the Bonds, who had become an emperor, and who was one of the bold patriots, who five centuries before had struggled against the foreign power. And might not the philosopher have come to refresh himself with these glorious memories on the tomb, where rested the founder of the dynasty of the Ming? The tumulus was deserted, and the temple abandoned. There were no other guardians than those giants faintly outlined on the marble, and the fantastic animals which peopled the long avenue. But on the door of the temple Kin Fu perceived with emotion several signs which some hand had engraved there. He approached and read these three letters, W, K, F, Wang, Kin Fu. There was no doubt that the philosopher had recently passed this place. Kin Fu, without saying a word, looked around, but found no one. That evening Kin Fu, Craig, Fry, and Soon, who dragged on behind, returned to the hotel, and the next morning left Nankin. End of chapter 11 Recording by Jeannie Whitfield, Mississippi, USA.